ever wondered what online experts talk about in the green room before they take the stage? Well, Jeff Walker and Chris Ducker are about to bring you into the conversation. They've been through the battles and got the scars to prove it. Now they're sharing over 40 years of experience showing you what it takes to succeed and how to avoid the mistakes along the way. Welcome to This is Online Business. Hey everybody, episode five with Jeff and I. This is online business. I feel like I'm I could do Jeff. I don't know about you. I think if CNN ever need to replace James L. Jones, you know, this is CNN. I think I could do it. This is online business. What do you think? Have I got a new career? Yeah, for sure. I absolutely you're, you sound you're, so you're convinced the, right now. <laughs> you're the next voiceover star. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, you got that whole British thing going. I mean, that counts. Yeah, you know, at yeah. least here in the U.S., it counts. <laughs> well, I'll just have to move to America and start my new career then, won't I? Um, in the last episode, we dived like deep on live events. We talked about your history of live events, my history of live events, how we make our offers, not our pitches. We don't want to upset Jeff with that trigger word there. Um, and uh, we talked about our words. It's just don't yeah. don't mess with me with those trigger words. No, we won't do that. Uh, we may or may not. I can neither confirm nor deny that t-shirts with your face and those two words of pitch and content are winging your way right now. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, th this I think is an episode that I think a lot of people, this particular one are going to find really interesting because everything did change throughout the pandemic. Some people went kind of hybrid events, kind of a mix between live and online where they would kind of live stream things. Some people just went all out and pivoted completely to online events. Um, I know we kind of just said, well, we're not going to get together again in person for a while. Let's just focus on on getting our you know what together in terms of our virtual coaching and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I bought lights and new mics and cameras and stuff to be able to make sure that we kind of upped our virtual event kind of feel and experience like I know many other people did. But now things are getting back to in person again, right? And the two of us, I think, are now in a unique position where it's like, are we going to go back to going, you know, to being to bringing people in person in the same room, or are we going to carry on like this? What says kind of um, Jeff on this side of things? Like, what's your initial feeling right now on this subject? Well, so yeah, when when everything shut down in March of twenty. We were on the hook for our PLF Live event at the end of April. And so we shifted completely. We went big. We went big. And I ought to say, first, I want to give a shout out to Sage Event Management, uh, owned by uh, Barry Baumgartner and Blue Melnick. And so good. I, they're amazing. And I they're both in my mastermind, my highest end mastermind. And I they worked, helped me with my events for since I think 2015. So long history with them. And they helped me. We talked about last episode being on the hook for uh, so many hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were the mm -hmm. ones that negotiated me out of those contracts. So they showed up in such a big way. It was amazing. That's awesome. But they created this model and you see everyone using it now, but they were literally the ones that created it where uh, the virtual events wasn't just another Zoom. I like I had 12 different Zoom rooms all in front of me, all these different monitors with 12 different Zoom rooms. And so we could host thousands of people. And I was on a stage with a fancy 
screen behind me where stuff was projected. And, and when people, everyone went through a, a check-in process, just like they would go through a check-in process at a live event. So we did a lot to make it feel like a live event. And I think we were, they built that studio out and our PLF live event was the third ever event done in that style. Uh, and the other two people that did it were actually other people, my mastermind. So we were like ground center for moving to super high production online. And nowadays you see Tony Robbins doing tens of thousands of people uh, in that style. That all came out of Barry and Blue and Sage event yeah. and, and, and putting that all together. So anyways, we the, the upshot was we went from a PLF live events that were in person doing about a thousand people to 1200 people because people had to travel from around the world. We'd have yeah. people from 40 countries, 40 countries would come and they travel from around the world. And then we flipped to virtual and now anyone could attend from anywhere they wanted as long as they had internet. And I'll, oh, by the way, it was also April of 2020 and everyone's at home doing nothing because of the COVID. And then we had, we'd have about 2,500 yeah. attending. Yeah. So we doubled our attendance. Um, and and it was in some ways it was magical. In other ways, it was incredibly hard because at the end of the day, I'm used. We talked last episode about, you know, the joy of stepping on your stage. Yeah. And yeah. just just having your people, a thousand of your people or or a hundred of your people in that room and that joy of of being on stage and creating that community and creating that connection and delivering value. And here I was with 2,500 people tuning in and I'm stepping on stage in front of all these people, but it's in a warehouse <laughs> where this set was built. Right. And it's complete silence. Like I right. can't hear them. Yeah. You can't hear the applause or anything like that. Right. So it must be yeah. really weird. And I mean, it's, yeah, and we had the same entrance, you know, my, I always try to do the rock star entrance because, you know, I have those rock star fantasies where you're cranking music and I have the voice of God saying, are you ready for a job? I can't, I can't hear you. And all of that, normally I step on stage and the room is just vibrating. Right, with right, 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 right. <laughs> and so I had that entire, all that lead in, all that set up, the music's cranking and I step on stage, but there's absolute silence crickets in this warehouse <laughs> and so then you know that so it was it was so yeah, i'm I warned yeah <laughs> but anyways <laughs> it was it was hard but i think we yeah so let say like I'll stop so there. let's fast forward three years you're about to yeah. do this again very very shortly and i know we've done a whole bunch of stuff virtually as well i think the most amount of people we had on at one point was like maybe 16, 1700 people, something like that. Um, and, but now we're starting to do smaller in-person events again as well. 50, 60 people, that kind of stuff. Will PLF live ever go back to the old format format of a thousand or so people, or are you kind of all in on just trying to serve as many people as possible online now with it? Well, I wouldn't, I, I don't like the word ever, but I think right now, I think um, we're, we're sticking with virtual this year. I mm -hmm. mean, there are other live in-person events that are happening. Yep. Um, you know, the, the risk of putting on an event for a thousand people or 1200 people is enormous. Like 
we talked about in the last episode, just the, I mean, COVID almost crushed yeah. us. We ended up being able to, you know, our contracts were canceled because of the force majeure, um, you know, the, the act of God piece. So we were able to, you know, those contracts were all canceled, but still yep. like, so I, I have someone who had an event planned for like November, uh, September 14th, 2001, you know, three days after 9-11, wiped out so yeah. the, the the cost to put on an event for a uh, for a thousand or 1500 people we were spending about five hundred thousand dollars in in dollars hard dollars out the door so now if we can end up impacting reaching twice as many people and spend less than a hundred thousand dollars it's hard to go back to yeah that the the level of risk of an, a large in-person event i know some other people are doing it now, personally, I was just talking about the joy of stepping on stage. Yeah, um, I do get that that piece that is a it's a joyful piece for me, and I love it. I'm getting we 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 do we're doing our our launch club live. So launch club is our high end coaching program. Yep. And we last fall we did one with I don't know there's about 120 people in the room, and for me stepping on that stage of 120 people that are all in and super committed and part of our coaching group. I got as much joy out of that as stepping it on PLF live stage with a thousand. So for yeah. me right now, just from a business standpoint, I get the joy from launch club live and PLF live. We get the same results in terms of business building and sales with way less risk. And so right now I'm not planning on taking PLF live. Yeah. And I, I don't blame you at all. I sit in the same camp as you. Um, you know, like I said, we're, you know, we're back to doing smaller events and I'm getting just as much joy and fun and, I guess uh, you know I'm I'm able to kind of poke and prod my extrovert uh, you know uh, character enough by by doing that um, at this point. And I I don't th I mean I again I'm not a big fan of the ever word either. But I I think I'm at the point where I believe the live live events, the in person events that we put on, are actually probably likely to remain pretty intimate moving forward. Um, and like yourself, going with the slightly larger goals, larger targets, larger crowds, et cetera, et cetera, in a virtual standpoint. So let's go ahead. Go on. Yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say one of the things we're, you know, a lot of people are wondering about hybrid, you know, having some in person, some yeah. virtual. And we can talk about that more. That idea, to, I don't think it's the way a lot of people are thinking about it, I don't think is a good idea. Um, you know, so I'm going to have 100 people or 20 people or 50 people in the room, and I'm going to have 2,000 people up on those screens. Um, what ends up happening, and I have seen this, is you end up playing to the people, those 20 or 100 people in the room. Yeah. When we're, as humans, when we're in a room and we've got real humans in front of us, it's really hard to pay attention to the screens. Yeah. So you might have 2,000 people on the screens and, and, and 70 people in the room. You're going to play to those 70 people and it's going to be a suboptimal experience for the, for the on-screen people. So I think the, the way a lot of people conceive of, of, is, of hybrid events isn't really going to work. But what we're doing mm -hmm. for this PLF Live, and it, it sort of kills me that I think this episode comes out after the event. So this isn't going to do any good for me seeding ticket sales at all. Um, <laughs> but what we're doing is we are going to have, hopefully we've got thousands of people attending and they're going to be on all these screens. 
And we can talk about why there's multiple screens that people might not quite grok that, understand that. Yeah. But we're also, we're going to have a separate room where we'll probably have about 30 people can attend in person. Now they're not going to be, I'm not, when I'm on stage, I'm not, they're going to be in a different room. So, so they're going to be doing sort of a watch party, but I'm also going to have coaches on site with me. So the coaches are going to, we'll do a pre-day mastermind day with them. And we'll, and then my coaches will be entertaining them. And then when I step off stage, I might go over and say hi to them. So they'll, I like there'll that. be some interaction, but what we're going to be able to do is just a few minutes ago, I was talking about the silence of walking on stage. We're going to pipe in audio from that room into my room. Right. So I'm going to have, okay. I think with 30, we might even get fit 40 people. I'm going to get real live audio feedback when I'm on stage. Yeah. I like that. That's good. I mean, you got to make sure you mute that feed when you start in case they start heckling you and things like that, but at least have, have the, <laughs> have we, the... Uh, we, we've got pros. We've got pros that do things like yeah, that. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah. That's good to know. I, I like the idea of having like a separate room and having that in-person kind of feel to it all. Um, and I mean, yeah. for those who are tuning in that aren't, at the position or aren't in the position or at the point in their business growth where they need to have the big warehouse and all the screens and all the rest of it. Uh, I can tell you guys, you know, we've, we've held really, really good events ourselves with just one camera with uh, a stream deck, which is a, a little piece of hardware that sits on your desk and you press buttons and you can change, you know, kind of, I flip between my camera and my iPad and my keynote screen, for example, um, you know, you can pipe in music via Zoom and all that. Like you can do, you can do a re you can hold a really good virtual event with whether it be a fulfillment event or a, you know, a sign-up event um, where you're trying to get someone to sign up for your offer. Like you can do that on your own with just one computer. You don't need to rent the warehouse and the big team and all that stuff as well. I think it's important for people to understand that, Jeff. For 100%, you talked about your first event and having 10 people there. Yeah. And and that's where we all start. You know, yeah, we've been talking about sort of, I mean, it's taken us a while to get to the level we're at, right? Oh, totally. And, but yeah, I mean, live events, whether they're virtual or in person, are incredibly powerful. We talked about this in the last episode of just why it's such a powerful conversion mechanism and why it's such a powerful community building mechanism and, and such a powerful way to create authority and build those relationships. And so you can do this with 10 or 20 or 30 people. And if you talk about strictly conversions, like if you want to make an offer for some higher end program where people have a more intimate experience with you, then those smaller events, it's just like the math works. So you could have, if you had an event with 20 people, you might convert like 60% of them into your higher end thing. I, I mean, I've even, I did an event with like 50 people where I had like 90% conversion into, yeah. into a high end mastermind. But like when you have a thousand people, your conversion is going to drop and it's going to oh, be more like 10% or 12% yeah. just because of the intimacy. So if you're sitting out there sort of at the beginning of the journey, don't think that live events are, that are not for you. They 100% they work. And so we went big with PLF Live, went super big, huge, all these screens, all this production.
But we also, each year we do something called Launch Lab. And that's just me with, a, we do use a couple cameras, but it's just me in front of a flip chart in my secret headquarters teaching for three hours. And that also, cre and it's, there's no cost to attend or hasn't been in the past. And it still is another amazing community building and conversion mechanism. So there's many, many different flavors. That's the one thing I think the last few years has done is it's, it's created, you know, there's so many different flavors of live events. It used to oh, be yeah. you had to go get a hotel room and and deal with all that. And, and there's a lot. But yeah, these days there's so many different variations. And, and I think uh, it's highly... it's interesting, like particularly like online live events. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I don't see too many people doing like one-off webinars like they used to before the pandemic. Like the idea of just showing up giving 45 minutes of content and then 15 minutes of an offer, you know, CTA type scenario that in my world, at least anyway, in terms of my kind of immediate circles, that is not happening anywhere near as much as what it was before. Now, almost always the people that I see doing those types of things or were doing those things before myself included are now doing like three-day events or like a three-day challenge or a three-day boot camp, that kind of thing. And we've seen sales. I, there's no doubt in my mind that by doing like a three-day event, for example, you make an offer. We have without a doubt, Jeff, seen much, much, much better sales coming from turning up for an hour, three days in a row than we would have done by turning up for just one hour and making an offer at the end of that webinar. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would I would agree with that in general. I, I mean, I do know some webinars that are, and it's like, I was talking about this with my team, like we we're talking about a webinar and it's like, well, what is a webinar? You know, a webinar used to be a bunch of like a, a, a PowerPoint, like with a voice, yeah. you know, when someone talking, it's if that like was old school. Now is it like, what is it? Is it a, is it a Zoom? Is it? Yeah. And so things have changed. I think everything's, everything's changed. I mean, yeah. you know, the last three years, it's just everything. There, there's so many variations and permutations. I would say, in general, the one-off webinar, I'm seeing less of that. But I've also seen it work really, really well recently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that idea of doing like three one-hour broadcasts or five. You know, a lot of times people are calling it a challenge. Um, what's a challenge? It's it's a launch where you're giving someone a small assignment each day. But um, but yeah, there the three days, one hour. I, I will say like one of the real shifts that I've seen is um is people they there there's been a shift just in the last year uh, of people they're less willing to sit through a lengthy story, they're less willing to sit through a big preamble. They want they want the goods quickly. They want effectiveness yes. quickly. Yes. And and I I hesitate to say that because I don't want everyone to start thinking that it's always about teaching, 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 and content, 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 because there is, you do have to have the setup. You do have to have some stories. You do have to show people the possibility, but it's everything's a lot more streamlined than it used to be. Yeah. I mean, even I when I've been in the process of doing like a multi-day event, and I think the reason why they work so well is that you build up that trust over a longer period of time. And not only that, but also if somebody shows up for an hour, even just an hour, three days in a row out of one week, 
they've got way more skin in the game than what they did if they just showed up for like half of the webinar or whatever, right? And that trust build up has has been put in place as well. But the thing for me is that I, I genuinely feel like it, it's almost like it's a live event, but it is online and it's not in person. And you get the opportunity, like you say, you get up on stage, you build authority almost immediately. With this, running like a multi-day online event, you're getting the opportunity to build that authority bit by bit over that longer period of time, rather than just a one a one hour kind of PowerPoint presentation, right? Uh, or something like that. Yeah. I know like one of the differences like that I noticed, this is with that first peel of live that we did. So it used to be like, we're, we got a thousand people in the room and we take people to break. And when they're on break, I'm always in the back, huddled with my team trying to figure out what I'm going to say the next session, you know, and, right. and, and sometimes, you know, the, we say 20 minute break, but if it ended up being a 28 minute break, it didn't matter because everyone out is out there all networking with each other, jamming with each other, having fun. You were trying to get them back in the room. Yeah. So it just did the, the timing just didn't really matter. It, it was more important that, I was super prepared to step back on stage. So if it was a 20, if it was a 35 minute break, it didn't matter. They were yep. all entertaining themselves together. Well, that first virtual version of PLF Live, and it was like, I just, you know, that that was that way we worked. But, you know, if someone, if it's 3 a.m. and someone's in, in Brisbane, Australia, and they're up at 3 a.m. and we were supposed to be back at 3.20 a.m. for them, and they're all alone and it's dark. Yeah. Their level of being able, to, you know, their level of expectation of starting on time is extremely high. Yes. They're like, I, you know, I, I don't have anyone to network with. That's I don't so have true. Jam with. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden you had to nail your timing. You know, when, when we do even our like our our live events or I mean our live, live broadcasts, even if we're doing them here from the secret headquarters, we start to the second. Like when we say we're going to start, it's to, yeah. like to the point where a couple of months ago we did one and it was like those cooking shows where like they got 15 seconds and there's like a blank plate and there's nothing going on. And then 15 seconds later, all of a sudden there's a beautiful meal. It was like, if you would have seen what our, the scene looked like with 30 seconds to go, it was complete carnage. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, we're, we're alive. And um, so little things like that, have changed with being virtual. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And you know, the, the big, the big, I think the big difference is, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this as well. Like my feeling is that the online live event doesn't need to be a whole lot different in terms of the offer and the period of that offer um, than when you're running it in person. Like for example, I make an offer at a live event and by the time the live event is finished, or maybe by midnight of the last day that, you know, whatever it is, the live event is finished and therefore the offer has now expired as well, right? If that's what we decide to do. I think what's happened is we've been kind of like pre, I guess, pre-programmed to a certain degree. And I'm really interested in your thoughts on this because you are the launch guy. Um, like we've been kind of pre-programmed to think, well, okay, the, the, the the event is over online, but cart is still open for 
another three days or another five days or whatever it is so that people can get replay links and they can get their last few emails out and stuff like that. But you don't need to do that, right? Like you could ultimately close that cart, so to speak, the moment that the online live event comes to an end as well, if you wanted to. Yeah, I, this is another example of everything's changed. So usually if we did a three-day live event and we made an offer at the event, the deadline would be before lunch on day three because we go. would have a welcome lunch. We'd bring out, so we had to know, right. it was actually an hour before the lunch. So we had to know how many people were coming to lunch and how, how yeah. many plates were setting for lunch. And so we had a hard deadline there. Now sales typically will go through the end of the event and sometimes it'll be extended for several days after the event. Um, you know, I do like it having, I like doing it at the end of the event because I'd love a hard deadline. Yes. But where, whereas in the past, you know, 99% of our sales come in before lunch on day three. Now 40% do and the other 60% come in the rest of that day on the third day. So yeah, there, it's, it's, it is a different environment in hundred percent. What's your prediction for online events, virtual events over the next few years? How do you think things are going to pan out? I think we're going to continue to have lots of different permutations and, and combinations. And um, I think virtual is here to stay in a big way, just because of the, the ability to reach everyone in the world. Um, the, the ability to, you know, a lot of people just are never going to travel. So I think that virtual is here to stay. There'll be different flavors of hybrid. I do think, like I said earlier, I think they're mostly going to be very challenging to do well. Um, I, you know, there will be some big live in-person events, but certainly fewer. Like we're never going to yep. go back to the level of the number of events. Um, and I just think that, um, you know, whether it's it's an all day, three day, or it's an hour a day for challenges, or it's like my launch lab where I did like three hours one day and three hours the next day, there's just going to be a lots of different combinations of permutations, yes. but they're not going away. It, it, it's, it's an incredible opportunity for people. It's an incredible way to get out there and build big impact and build big authority and deliver big value and make, make sales with very low, there's low barrier to entry. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a indeed. Account. And less financial risk, obviously. And I, I agree with you 100%, without a doubt, online events are not disappearing anywhere. I, I think they'll be around forever now, quite frankly, in terms of our world anyway. With, li with live events, in-person events, I you're right. I think we will see some very, very large conferences and things like that coming back. But I think ultimately the magic is going to be in that more high ticket priced, smaller, intimate style event slash retreats, that kind of stuff where you're bringing a group of people that have similar interests or on a similar journey, you know, together for more than just one day or two days, maybe even a week in some cases. And I think that that has the ability to be obviously, obviously profitable, but I think also the impact from those events can be a hell of a lot more powerful in terms of long-term relationships and that sort of type of thing as well. So overall, I think we're in great shape when it comes to live events, uh, whether we're doing them in person or we're doing them virtually. Uh, and I also feel like we've covered a lot of bases on this subject in the last two episodes. We've done a good job, Jeff. We have. We, we screwed up in that we didn't, I don't think we've got time for it now, but we didn't close the loop on the chain mail. 
Oh, the chain. <laughs> <laughs> so the chain mail story, very simply, is that you know my mastermind is called the Round Table, and one year I had everybody. Uh, we went to like one of these medieval reenactment companies, uh, and we were all on a field in the middle of. Uh, I think it was in the middle of like Suffolk or somewhere like that in here in the UK. And everybody had to get dressed up in chain mail. And we had little kind of iron helmets on as well. I don't think they were real iron. They were probably a little lighter than that. Um, but we shot arrows at targets and it was incredibly hard. Uh, those chain mail outfits are bloody heavy, Jeff. That I mean, it's tough to shoot. How, how they did that back in medieval times, I just don't know. I think the men were just, they were much better bigger, tougher men than the men that we have on earth today. But yeah, there's a chain mail loop. It's now being closed. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll be back with our next episode. Maybe episode six we're already at. Yeah, this is good. I don't know how long we're going to go with this, but uh, it'll be perfect, whatever that final number ends up being. Absolutely. See you soon, guys.